Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. This is Jonathan Edwards, host of PureAndSimpleBible.com, and I'm really thankful to have a second part to a wonderful conversation with Brandon Young called Choosing Surrender Over Control. You, if you've uh, listened to the first part of it, are in for a treat in part two. If you didn't listen to part two, if, if uh, you found the podcast, this is your first episode, you need to pause this one and you need to go back and listen to part one. We've been talking about uh, several ways that the Bible shows that ultimately what a believer, a child of God, is going to do is try to find the places in life where we struggle with control issues. We're very sensitive to them, we're insecure in them, and uh, basically we've kind of turned ourselves into our own God. And we're trying to give those to God and surrender our life to his will. I want to read something to you. I actually found this article. It's uh, I'm doing some studies on my own in the Lament Scriptures. And it, in this study on Lament Scriptures, um, I found a really interesting quote that had to do with surrender. I actually ended up sharing it with Brandon. and uh, But it was after our recording. So I wanted to share it with you, friend, just to add another dynamic to this. Uh, So I'm going to read it now. It says, Sadly, we have misunderstood the great value of public and private lament. To lament, that is, to cry out to God with our doubts, our incriminations of him and others, to bring a complaint against him, is the context for surrender. Surrender is the turning of our heart over to him, asking for mercy and receiving his terms of restoration. And we must remember that surrender is impossible without battle. To put it simply, it is inconceivable to surrender to God unless there is a prior declared war against him. I thought that quote was fantastic. And it doesn't come up in the conversations that I have with Brandon because in in those conversations, we're kind of focusing on um, this idea of control and how we really, this illusion of control and how sometimes we go crazy uh, trying to maintain that control in our lives, and so we need to give up or surrender that control. In the context of this article I'm reading, in the study I'm doing on lament poetry and lament scriptures, the idea that uh, surrender means at one time I declared war on God, meaning I disobeyed God, disobeyed His will, and I strove to serve self— Man, it's just such a powerful image, powerful picture. And so for me, I know I'm kind of a little bit rambly in this introduction, but I wanted to share that quote with you, and I hope that it will bring just another dynamic, another richness to this study that we're doing. So friend, if you're struggling in your heart with control issues, and maybe you're struggling in your obedience to God, just know that surrender can't happen unless first you recognize that you're at odds with God and you need to repent and you need to submit to his will. Uh, that That's for another day. Um, but anyway, wanted to share it with you. Hope it's helpful. Let's now return to the conversation that we're having with Brandon Young on choosing surrender over control. Last week, we talked about an example of somebody who didn't know what the trial would look like. That is Mary, the mother of Jesus. This week, we're going to begin with somebody who does know what the trial will look like, and yet they're still choosing to submit to God instead of following their own way. Let's jump into the conversation, shall we? Well, you've got 
uh, like we said, this one example of somebody who didn't know how the plan was going to go. And so she had to surrender um, in in a way where it's like, I, I'll, I will just, I'm going to go along with it. Mm-hmm. You have another example of somebody who knows how it's going to go. Sure. Um, I guess my question before you share that one is, which way do you think is more challenging? <laughs> That's a great question. I think as humans, we want to know the outcome, but there's certainly the the idea of, I guess having like a, a maybe mindset, like it may be good or maybe right. not. Um, or the dread, like right. the impending dread. Oh, this is going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I wish. And so it's like, you've totally lost control of, you know, your nerve. Right. Uh, so your, your example is Jesus. Right. In the garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't you take us through that narrative and then show us how, even though he knew the outcome, there still was going to be, um, the exercise of surrender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in uh, Matthew 26, we find the story. Um, we'll read a few verses, but Jesus is kind of given his final block of teaching here and telling the disciples that he's going to be executed. And um, Jesus understands it's not really the end of the story. And like we just discussed, knows what's to come. Right. Um, but, you know, Jesus is asking the disciples to stay alert and help spread the good news. And so he's taking them aside to celebrate the Passover meal. And so right now there's uh, a lot going on in Jesus' life. I I was writing down, you know, a lot more than probably we ever endure. And we still see him kind of, um, we, I think we really see these human emotions in this interaction. Oh, sure. Of Jesus as a human, what he would be feeling and saying. And so I thought it was um, helpful to share. So starting in verse 36, it reads, then Jesus went with him, went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And so, yeah, I thought this was really unique. Jesus is quite frankly, communicating um, his emotion and things that we feel. He's saying, you know, if there's anything else, can you, you know, remove this cup? And so um, I think as readers, we can likely relate in some way of, I really don't want to deal with this or this situation is really tough. It can, you know, how can it be easier? And, and so, um, you know, I thought it was would be helpful to, to, to share. Yeah. And, you know, the, I think the beauty of his prayer, uh, you know, Matthew records it and, and other Gospels record it as well, but each prayer is, a, is more galvanized, mm-hmm. right? Like, so the first one is, is mm-hmm. there another way? Let it be, and if not, your will be done. He goes back, they're asleep, mm-hmm. comes back the second time, and he, he's more assured, and so he just says, your will be done, mm-hmm. Right. And to me, uh, if I can share the quote, the way I have it written down is not necessarily how you have it written. So I want to make sure I get it the way you said it. Oh, man, I got to go back to the beginning of the study. Give me a second. Uh, You do not always have the power to control, but you always have the ability to surrender. Right. And I think our Lord, even though he knew what needed to be done, 
uh, is still teaching us what surrender looks like in right. that, that narrative. Yeah. I agree. I think um, I had in my notes too, just reading through it, you like almost taking a couple times to like fully come to the surrender and right. It's not going to be easy. Like surrendering and, and submitting is not an easy decision. It's a daily decision. So I, I kind of like that Jesus goes back and then uh, to the disciples and comes back and, and prays again. Like you said, that changes to your will be done. I think realistically surrender will pr- may take more than one time to, really really get to that point of um you know surrendering and and not trying to control and i think that's okay it's not just gonna Mm -hmm. change overnight so reading that i was kind of like oh yeah (laughs) i'm so glad you brought that up uh yeah i want our listeners to hear that i think sometimes we have this narrative that what surrender ought to look like because i'm this very pious Mm -hmm. humble person and then when life's challenges hit me, it just kind of rolls off. And I'm like, right. I will be done, Father, because I'm so at peace with surrendering to you. But yeah, it took, in your first example with Mary, mm-hmm. uh, she starts out with, how can this be? Mm-hmm. She doesn't immediately say, right. uh, let it be done. Sure. Right? She first has, asks a clarifying question, mm-hmm. and then she surrenders. Right. Jesus prays, is there another way? And if not, that will be done. And so there's you know, multiple attempts. And so I'm encouraged by this point you're making that sometimes the narrative of surrender after it's already done, it looks so small, like, and then he surrendered mm-hmm. or, and then she surrendered. Right. But in the process of the surrendering, it may feel like a long time right. arriving at that conclusion. Mm-hmm. That gives me hope. Sure. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. And yeah, you see in both stories to your point, Mary's, she says she's troubled at first, and then she asks a question. And um, Jesus is uh, knows the outcome, of course, is still praying. And and I think that's something to learn from too. Of do we turn to prayer in that time as well? I think right at times, if I'm honest with myself, that's not necessarily my my right. first go to. And so I think that was um, you know encouraging to read as well. Well, one of your one of your um in the the graphic that you you read out mm-hmm. loud earlier one of the things that things i'm in control of was bold prayer right i remember that yeah and that's something that i can control mm-hmm. is immediately getting down on my knees if i'm in public you know finding a place where i can kind of tuck off in the corner and i can boldly pray right to your point man how this this amazing uh, opportunity we have to interact and maybe mm-hmm. we don't take advantage of it as much sure. as we should right well um so based on these examples of mary of jesus you then start to ruminate more on on control so even though we paused for a time and and asked what is our control rooted in mm-hmm. um now it's time to ask questions uh, and you've got three that mm-hmm. i can see uh questions about control Mm -hmm. to give us a better appreciation for what it is so that we can choose to surrender in an easier way. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, kind of wanted to just put out a few questions that are not long questions or, you know, that complex is really just some questions to think about when we're in these situations of, um, you know, to, to think through the first one being, is it worth my concern? And I think, you know, there's little things that we let 
um, get to us, how we, mm-hmm. I think I said, <laughs> listen, of how we load the dishwasher, you know, if, if sure. <laughs> um, maybe one husband or wife agrees or thinks it should be done a certain way. You know, the dishes are still getting clean. Is that really worth right. kind of um, arguing over? Or I think I'm reminded implication maybe slightly off, but in Song of Solomon talking about the little foxes mm-hmm. going through the vineyard mm-hmm. and you have these little foxes that are making this huge impact. And I think kind of letting those little things build up can eventually turn into, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, something much bigger. Yeah. Well, I would, uh, uh, little things building up is it's like building a house on the sand mm-hmm. in Matthew seven. Sure. And then when the storm comes, that it wasn't built on anything, the the sand, that little stuff just it, it causes it to erode and wash away. Mm-hmm. It's kind of where I'm going with that. Right. Uh, is it worth my concern? It's the first question. Mm-hmm. What's the next one? Second one is: Is it mine to control? Um, which obviously there are things in life that we have to take care of. Which I was hinting at. Of, we need to spend less money than we're making. We need to pay our bills if we want the lights on. And um, I think the contrast of that is, are we getting involved in maybe others' business that we don't need to be involved sure. with or how they're doing certain things? Sure. Um, yeah, but we get real connected to others. Sure. And so suddenly we feel entitled right. to control it. Mm-hmm. And I, that might sting folks hearing that it, hearing it framed that way. But it's like control entitlement. I ought to be involved in this because you mean X to me or because I've engaged in this this you know X, Y process. But um, I guess a follow-up question I have is how can I, if the question that you're asking is, is it mine to control? Mm-hmm. What happens if I delude myself into thinking it is mine to control when in reality maybe it wasn't? Is there a way I can kind of, talk myself off the edge of a cliff? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, um, which we've kind of hinted at a couple of times is, is really figuring out what the truth is maybe sure. in it and and what are my emotions and kind of separating mm-hmm. those two. Yeah. Um, I'd add bold prayer. Sure. Uh, as we're kind of answering it together. It seems like if I'm spending a lot of time in prayer about surrender mm-hmm. and about control, that if I'm if I find myself in maybe a relationship where I f- I'm I'm wanting to exert influence and I'm frustrated they're not mm-hmm. accepting my influence, sure. then maybe I ought to be praying to the Lord. Why why is this not? Why does this mean so much to me? Mm-hmm. Is this really mine to control? Right. So yeah, I think that's a a, a great way of looking at it, and uh, you know. There's a difference in bold prayer and and just praying. So I think, um, you know, we can get in a habit of sure the same things. And so okay, so if our listeners maybe they're out driving or mm-hmm. you know they're not able to jot notes down just for their own sake, sure. Uh, is it worth my concern? Is a question, mm-hmm. right? So I'm just reviewing. Uh, so is it mine to control? is another question that mm. we've been ruminating on. Mm. But there's a third one, and I think it's a really important one right. to ask. So a- ask the question and, then, and give us kind of the heart behind it. Right. Yeah, the third question um, is, is it for God alone? And I think, honestly, this one can be the hardest, especially just with the topic we're talking about, right? How, sure. How do you, if you're controlling, how do you 
surrender and then how do you determine what you surrender versus what you control right and so um this one i think is really powerful is it for god alone and we're going to have situations that bring us to our knees and you know getting diane's diagnosis i mean there's nothing we could do there was no Mm. amount of money Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um that we could have that would change the situation. Right. And so, you know, the, the things that become important at that time are faith and family. And that's the two things that we had and that we could control. We could show up, we could pray, we could sing, right. We could do these things. And so, um, you know, it, it made me think of just, are there situations that we need to give it to God? And, you know, I don't say that in a, in a way of, you know, Hey, just sit back and, God will take sure. care of each life. There's certainly steps and actions sure. that we need to take. Um, but I think the quicker we can give it to God, the the quicker we can find peace. Well, and and you know we're framing this conversation in in what we might call extremes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what you just did there was you're you're talking about the reasonableness of life, sure, where it is important to have um, a measure of control over the things mm-hmm. that you can control instead of just saying, I surrender to God, I give it all away. Mm-hmm. Well, the Bible also talks about personal responsibility. Sure. Each uh, Galatians 6, verse 5, each must bear their own load. And so we, we get that generally there is a measure of control and a measure of surrender, but it's to the extreme of, I got to have all the control. Mm-hmm. That's where we want these questions to be asked is, right. um, I can't let go of it, and it's detrimental to relationships or it's detrimental to my faith. And yet I still can't let go. Sure. Now you've got Proverbs that go along with these questions, right? right. Cause these are not just questions sure. for the sake of questions. Right. They're based on scripture. Why don't you read those to us and give us a thought? Yeah. So some of the, the, the scriptures from Proverbs that were linked with these questions, Proverbs um, three verses five through six, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Then I had Proverbs sixteen nine. The heart, Proverbs sixteen nine, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Mm-hmm. And lastly, Proverbs nineteen twenty one, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Yeah. Um, honestly, I could have those on the mirror in the fridge. In my car. <laughs> I, I mean, about everywhere. Sure. Um just really short to the point direct um verses that you know god's in control mm-hmm. and i think you know the the quicker you can maybe not necessarily just believe but really feel that i think there's a difference in feeling that god's in control mm-hmm. and living that out um i think the the quicker you can find um, peace in, in those stressful situations. Well, yeah. And I, that's kind of where your study goes is, is biblical peace. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a thought though, before we get to that, and I have it written down, it's, it's, it's challenging. So I'd like to read it if it's okay. Sure. Just for my own notes. So this is kind of my, more of uh, me synthesizing the information that you shared. Mm-hmm. Control shows vulnerability. Mm-hmm. If it's helpful, I can read the follow-up part of the quote. Sure. I, I kind of broke it into two sure. parts. Okay. So control shows vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think this is more of a direct quote. What you attempt to control the most 
mm-hmm. shows where you trust God the least. Sure. And so the you know vulnerability uh, uh, it exposes the places where maybe you're the mm-hmm. man. That's it's tough to even say, but exposing the places where I, I trust God least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, no, I think you tend to want to uh, what's the word um, kind of hide where you're the weakest sure I think we're mm-hmm. in a time where we want to be strong and mm-hmm. especially as men mm-hmm. we want to provide for the family we want to um, you know, we're reading through how we love with some couples and my style is the avoider and ah, it's yes. like reading through that I was like wow that is I'm familiar scary, with that style <laughs> scary <laughs> accurate and I think um, you know, you tend to want to show the things that you're great at and you have strength in. And so I think what I was trying to hint at here is, you know, yeah, maybe it, there is some vulnerability and a weak spot um, in whatever it is we're trying to control. If we're really trying to control this, what's that route? And maybe we're doing that to yeah. make sure that so-and-so looks at me this way or make sure that we come across this way as a family sure. or whatever it may be that I think if you can dig a little deeper, it, it may show, you know, potentially where um, your trust in God is could need some, um, some strength. It's man, I, I, I won't go too far down the therapy rabbit hole, but insecurity, mm-hmm. uh, you can, you can spend time with somebody who is totally mature, secure, but the moment that whatever whatever the chink in the armor, mm. right, and boom, you're able to hit that insecurity, the whole thing can just kind of fall apart. Mm. And in, in this conversation, you could have a, a a your life together, sure. But in the the thing that you're desperate to hold on to control the most is typically because you're the most insecure about it. Mm-hmm. And as a result, when that insecurity is exposed, everything else in life might crumble away. Right. Um, so yes, I I deal with this with clients a lot. Um, you've got this this th- two groups of three: mm-hmm. control kills, and surrender requires. Right. And I'm curious if you could take us through what control kills and some mm-hmm. of the scriptures associated with that. Sure. And and then after that, we'll we'll wrap it up with surrender. Perfect. Yeah. So um, just as some takeaways, I was trying to think through um, kind of the contrast of what control and what surrender either requires or what it can do and kind of highlight those two things. So the first being um, control kills contentment. And so the thought behind that was if you you have to be in control, you're really never satisfied with right now because you're trying to control what's next or or maybe what's to come or you're worried about what happened yesterday. And so you can't really enjoy um, the now or tomorrow. And we read in, you know, Matthew six thirty four. therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Um, and so I think it's, you know, possible to have peace today and peace tomorrow. Sure. Even though we don't know what tomorrow may bring, but if we have, you know, if we surrender to God, I think we can find peace in that. Uh, I like it. It kills contentment. Um, this is an interesting one. It kills correction. Mm-hmm. So, I would have I would have naturally thought, yeah, control kills contentment. It mm-hmm. kills peace. But how did you arrive to this point where suddenly now we're talking about correction? Yeah, I think it it, um, it made me think of 
really myself of trying to control maybe a story or situation and um, not really humbling myself and wanting to get better. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I love learning, but there's some things in your life that you're like, Hey, I know I'm right in this. I've done it (laughs) this many times. And so, um, I think the more, yeah, you try to control this, the more you don't really give room for correction. And my example were, was an athlete or, uh, like a shooting coach, um, or a swing coach in golf. I mean, you have Tiger Woods, who's won million tournaments and right you have lebron james or dirk you know really world-class athletes that still have a coro- a coach to correct them and make sure that um you know they're still doing things the right way and i think it's a way of um you know control can kind of stunt that growth if you're mm-hmm. not open to mm-hmm. having people um give correction and we read in proverbs chapter 15 verse 32 whoever ignores instruction despises himself but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. Yeah. Oh, agreed. Absolutely agreed. Control kills contentment. It controls, uh, I'm sorry, it kills correction. And then thirdly, it does what? Control kills communication. So we've kind of touched on this of just um, in a sense of being vulnerable. I think if we have to be in control of something, we don't necessarily want to be vulnerable and, and talk about things. Sure. Um, and I think we have to be willing to share with others. And if someone shares with us, we, you know, have to be gentle and not judgmental. Um, you know, I think myself, at least when I was thinking through this is I get to the point where I eventually I just break down. And I think part of that is me trying to have this image or this face of, hey, everything's good, no problems. And then, I mean, naturally, you're going to get to a breaking point. And so I think trying to... Um, make it seem like everything's okay doesn't allow me to effectively communicate sure. maybe some things that'd be helpful. Well, I'm thinking about the book of James mm-hmm. and we're supposed to be slow to speak and mm-hmm. quick to listen. And in a conversation, you know, if, if, if control kills communication, it seems like uh, control would be the opposite. So control would be quick to speak sure. and slow to listen yeah. because listening is outside of, I don't know what's, what's coming, so I'll control it by being the one who just dominates the conversation. Right. And that, uh, you know, you have two people who are together who are quick to speak. That conversation goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really kind of a shallow mm-hmm. waiting for my turn to talk. Right. And you kind of get it. You know, when you're you're talking and you see the other person and they're like just kind of antsy, ready to jump in. Right. And you're going, they're not even listening to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I can get how that kills communication. Take that concept into like a marriage mm. where you got to have difficult conversations. Your emotions are very high, but then both of you are quick to speak and slow to hear. You can't talk. Yeah, right. And then you're just roommates at that point yeah. because it's hard to hard to be vulnerable. Well, we know that uh, control can kill these things, but you end the study with... Uh, one final assessment about surrender. Right. So we've got three items here and some scriptures that go along with them. So tell us what surrender requires. Sure. Yeah, I think, and in this too, is kind of, you know, there's times where maybe you hear something and it sounds nice and then you don't really know how to maybe apply it or get there. And so I, part of this was 
for myself and like, okay, what are some things that surrender is going to require Mm -hmm. that I can be mindful of every day? And so the first one being surrender requires self-examination. I think, I mean, really just the idea of looking at ourselves and asking if we're trying to control um, our lives or if we need to surrender to God and really just being honest um, of do we want that control or can we submit in a verse that, um, you know, I was thinking through is second Corinthians uh, chapter 13, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith, test mm-hmm. yourselves or do not realize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ, or do you not realize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you yeah. unless you fail to meet the test. Uh, I had a, a guest on recently, uh, Michael Fancher mm-hmm. was on and, and we were talking about a different subject but the way the way these cross over is, um, he uses the idea of creating an inventory, mm. and the inventory of your life. So I think sometimes when it comes to self examination, people are like, "What does that even look like? Mm-hmm. How would I do it? Uh, do I just sit and like meditate, or you know, hum, you know, like a monk or something, and like I'm examining myself?" <laughs> but his point was like this tangible list you actually right. write down, mm-hmm. and so for. For our study right now, uh, you you might spend 15 minutes some evening in a quiet place, mm-hmm. get a piece of paper and a pencil, and uh, write down the phrase, surrender requires self-examination. How am I actively surrendering? Mm-hmm. And then challenge yourself. The number's arbitrary. Maybe three bullets mm-hmm. in a bullet point list. Yeah. Here are the ways that presently I, I feel healthy in my surrender. Right. Here are three ways where I know I could improve. That's self-examination as mm-hmm. the scripture you just mentioned said, I have to examine and test myself. Mm-hmm. That can't be done just in like 30 seconds. Right. It's going to take time. Sure. Yeah. I, I love that. I think the inventory concept and idea is something a little more tangible to grasp. I've heard, you know, peeling back the layers of an onion too, of why do I feel this way or why do I do this? And sure, you kind of answer that and then, okay, well, why do I do this? And mm-hmm. you kind of just keep like peeling these layers back. Mm-hmm. Um, or I've had someone as well, just being in real estate and more commission-based, sometimes you're like, yeah, it's been a while since, you know, a deal's closed or whatever it may sure. be. And I think the perspective I heard of someone just asking, okay, we don't get paid for a month or two, then what? And it's kind of like the then what? And you keep going down that path. Sure. Okay, maybe you don't go out to dinner a couple nights a week or you change some things. Then what? And you go down this list and you see, oh, wow, the list is pretty long for me to be maybe end up on the streets or whatever you're kind of this worst case scenario you're building in your right, head. Right. There's a lot of things that have to happen. Sure. Um, I like that question. Then what? Right. Then what? Okay. Uh. It requires self-examination, mm-hmm. but it also requires steady sacrifice. And I like that you're calling that steady sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's not like a one and done, right? but there's something consistent going on here, sure. right? Yeah, I think the, the goal on that is really just nailing that it's a daily decision. It takes consistency. Um, I, I think that's a big challenge that, you know, in the world that we live in is consistency and in whatever it may be. And this is no different. Um, you know, if it's a sacrifice to, to live for the world, to live for the world, it's a sacrifice to live for the Lord and, there you and go. not live in the world. There you um, go. And I think, you know, we can read in Luke chapter nine, verse 23. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself 
and take up his cross daily and follow me. Yeah, I like that daily. Right. Take it up daily. Right. Okay. Uh, Self-examination, steady sacrifice, and then surrender requires suffering, which is, you're not selling it too well to me. I'm sure. reading <laughs> I'm reading this list going, ooh, I don't know if I want to do that. Right. But I do understand and appreciate that nothing of value mm-hmm. comes without sacrifice. Sure. It comes without effort, right? So I, I get that in my relationships. Right. I get that in life. And so this idea of surrendering is also going to require a bit of suffering as well. Uh, Help us understand that. Right. Yeah, I think part of it too is just being honest. I think control can kind of be deceptive in that it makes it seem like um, it's the easier way. Sure. Until, you know, we run into a brick wall and we turn the other, other direction, run into another brick wall. So part of these were just being really honest of what, um, I think is needed, but yeah, surrender requires suffering. Things are not going to be easy all the time. There's going to be tough days. And, um, you know, we read through both what Mary and Jesus are going through, specifically Jesus of just these emotions and, um, the feeling of knowing what's to come and how painful it may be. And, you know, he's still surrendered. Yeah. And so a verse that, you know, I was thinking through is in first Peter, chapter 5, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Mm -hmm. And I think those four words at the end are um, comforting. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, brother, this has been a this was a great study for me. I know you did it for yourself Mm -hmm. and and for preaching at our home congregation. This was such a, a encouragement for me it kind of came at a really important part of my life i just started reading a book uh i think maybe you've read it uh in that study group you were talking about it's um called essentialism Mm, mm -hmm. so i just started essentialism and i'm doing this book with marissa called uh you are not your own Mm -hmm. and then you happen to uh, talk about choosing surrender over control and i thought you know Lord, for such a time as this, are you are you speaking to me that I need to to maybe regulate a bit better? Uh, so thank you. I'm I'm encouraged. And I hope our listeners are as well. I guess I you know I like to give guys the final word, so mm-hmm. to speak. If you just wanted to maybe summarize, or if there was something that was missed, or uh, you know, what would you like our listeners to know about this as we wrap it up? Sure. Yeah, I think I guess the main. The biggest thing is it's just not going to be easy. And, and I think, you know, that's okay. It, it's not going to happen overnight. I think really what I, I kind of mentioned earlier, just understanding God's character too. He doesn't want us running around, you know, trying to live life on our own and, and creating challenges for ourselves that maybe we don't even need. And so mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, my encouragement would just be for, you know, give someone, uh, give someone a reason to ask, you know, what that light or that joy is in our life. Um, you know, we live in a very secular world right now. Of, sure. Yeah. Our image online is kind of how we hire people or how we sure. judge people. And just everything is kind of based on the outside of, and people try to control that i think Mm -hmm. surrender is really what happens um, Mm -hmm. within us Mm -hmm. and so i think you know focusing on that well in in your words 
you don't always have the power to control, mm-hmm. but you do have the power to surrender. Mm-hmm. That was meaningful for me in the study. So uh, thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. I'm very thankful to have Brandon join me in studio to record this message and conversation, rather, uh, for you and for my benefit. Such a great study. It came at a very healthy time in my life when I was ready to make some changes, and uh, I hope that's helpful for you as well. Now, you can go to the podcast page on www.pureandsimplebible.com backslash podcast to find uh, this episode, and in it is the little image, a uh, really important image, I think, for those who are learning about boundary control, uh, to learning about when to surrender versus when to let go of things, things that are outside of your ability to control. Um, we've got that posted there on the website under that uh, podcast page. So go check it out. And you, while you're there, look at all the different podcast options. Man, I'm into the 200s now, uh, and I'm I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So I, I want this to be an online catalog for you to use, to share with your friends, family. It's a great way to share the gospel with others, to encourage Christians likewise. Uh, so check it out. It's all there for you to use and utilize absolutely free. And always remember, God loves you very much. And I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you. Well, his